Well, it is great to worship and to be together with you, and uh, we're thrilled that you're here. Hey, if you're a guest, uh, I'm Jack, one of the pastors here, and it's great to meet you. I know you're probably feeling a little warm, right? Yeah, okay. Um, funny thing. Okay, maybe it's not funny. Um, so the building got turned to the heat mode because it's November 26th. <laughs> And then God decided to keep it hot, and it feels like summer. So uh, if we turn the air on, it'll actually get hotter. And so we decided we didn't want that. So we're going to open up the doors and kind of try to get a, a draft going and things like that. If fan your neighbor, all that kind of stuff. And uh, the hotter it gets, the shorter the sermon goes. So that's pretty nice. Uh, extra bonus there. Um, how many of you have ever found a treasure before? Not talking like pirate treasure, uh, unless you have, because that's like super cool bucket list item. Uh, and if you haven't, but maybe you found a treasure. I'm not talking like treasured moment, like in a family situation where you're like, oh, this is such a treasure. Like when you walk upstairs and open your kid's room and, and they're playing with baby powder and it just looks like a giant cloud in the room and the dust is everywhere and it's just white. And they're like, it's snowing. You're like, oh, we'll talk about this when you're 20 years from now, I'm sure. Uh, but I'm not talking like treasured moment. I'm talking like treasure. Like it just, it revved you up because maybe you think back to a kid and maybe when you were a kid. And I remember being uh, a kid at the Tucson Toros. Anyone remember the Toros? Okay. For those of you who don't know who the Toros are, just think Juve Baseball. That's where they play now. So I uh, used to have a minor league team here, and these, these things that they used to have, like a bank of them, if you're like under 25, they're called pay phones. Google it. It's awesome. Um, and so pay phones would be this bank of things. And I remember as a kid, like a six, seven-year-old, like going up to the bank of phones because there was a coin slot. You would always put your finger in there to see if like someone left a quarter. And I remember going to the Tucson Toros, and I put my finger in, and it wouldn't even open up because there were $10 worth of quarters out of that one phone. And so for the next five minutes, I just fished quarter after quarter after quarter out and loaded down my pockets, and they brought me golden nachos. It was awesome. It was my treasure moment. Maybe you've washed your jeans before, and you reach in, and you're like, what? You find money. Anyone ever had that happen? And it's like a treasure. You found a treasure. Maybe you did your taxes, and then you actually got money back. What? Um, and it was maybe more than what you thought. You found a treasure. And there's something about that treasure that just kind of brings great delight, right? Money can bring great delight in life. But there's the opposite side of the coin, right? The other side of the coin where money can bring great deflation of your emotions, can it? When you get another bill in the mail or another unexpected foreseen expense that you've got to have. And money can breathe this deflating thing too. But the funny thing is money is not emotional. In fact, it's nothing. It's just money. But isn't it funny how much emotion money can cause and can stir in us? And so tonight and next week, we wanted to take a couple weeks and kind of look from a biblical perspective, what does Jesus have to say about our resources, about our treasure, about investments? And we want to look at that tonight. Now, I know some of you, you're like, oh, why are we talking about money again? I get asked that question, why do we talk about money every year? Um, because you have to deal with it every day. And Jesus actually had a lot to say about it because he knew something about the way we handle it and the way we manage it, the way we navigate through our resources and the treasures that we're gifted with has a lot to do with our heart. 
and it has a lot to do with our heart transformation and what God can do in our lives. Not just the good it can do in the world, but the good it can do in our world and how our hearts can change with that. And so tonight I just want to spend a little, uh, few minutes, and because it's hotter, it's getting shorter, um, just kind of going through a few things and some principles for us. And then next week, uh, I'm going to look on the tail side of that in this one passage in Matthew chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, you can go there. In fact, if you have your phone and you have not downloaded the Element City Church app, I'm going to encourage you to do that even while I'm talking, because at the end of the service, we're going to, I'm going to challenge you, we're going to do something together as a, a whole kind of church family toward this end and some things that we'd like to, to see happen. Um, when you think about the, the scriptures and what the Bible has to say about money, you have to understand one of the guiding big principles is that God isn't trying to get something from you. He wants something for you. He wants for your freedom and he wants for your good and how we manage and how we navigate um, our resources. And tonight, Jesus is going to tell this story back in Matthew chapter 6. It's all about investments. Now, how many of you have ever made an investment before? Okay, how many of you have ever bought something? Okay, so you've made an investment. That's the reality of it. Every single one of us here invest in something. There's no option. Now, I know some of you might push back and go, well, I don't invest like my neighbor does or like my coworker does because they've got a lot, okay? Jesus isn't going to tell a story about if you have X or this level or this level. He's telling a story about investments. And when he talks about investments, that means it's an all skate. It affects everybody because we all make investments. We declare some things, and what we see in the scripture is that as we are investing, we have to remember a key reality that our money and our resources are not mine. And for some of us, that's hard to get a grip on in our mind and in our hearts because we think, well, well, I work for this. I'm the one that brings home the check. I'm not, I mean, Jesus isn't working at my job. Uh, I'm the one working. And so we think of it that way. But the reality is you've been gifted your abilities and your talents and your time and your energy. You've been placed in your family. You've been placed in this country, in this region. You didn't have a major choice over that until you got older, maybe. But you've been gifted a lot of these things. And from a biblical perspective, when the Bible talks about resources and Jesus talks about resources, he wants us to keep in mind a kind of a frame of reference that Jesus and God is the ultimate owner of everything. And that we're to be managers, we're to be stewards. In fact, Psalm 21, or 24 verse 1 says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Is anything excluded in that? No. Uh, that's like everything means in Greek, everything. Yeah, uh, it's the same in English. So the world and all who live in it. So God is the ultimate owner of everything. And Jesus wants to discuss some things with his early followers here in Matthew chapter 6, which is a beautiful passage because in Matthew chapter 6, we're in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. It's Jesus' most popular uh, sermon. It's the one he would have given as a traveling rabbi probably several hundred times. And this is one of those key texts. And he's unpacking something for us. And I want to read it for us, and then we'll kind of unpack a little bit from it and draw out a few principles for us tonight. Sound good? All right, so here is Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21 and verse 24. Here's what Jesus says. He says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth and, uh, or moths let's see, eat them and rust destroys them or where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust can't destroy and thieves don't break in and steal. 
wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. Or some, maybe your verses say, well, there your heart will be also. So your heart is drawn to wherever you put your treasure. Uh, he goes on, verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other. You'll be uh, devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, Jesus is homeless. We have to understand this, right? So it's not like this is a, you know, get-rich-quick scam. Jesus isn't preaching from an angle of, hey, I'm the pastor, you all give money, I'll send you a prayer towel, all that kind of stuff. That's not what Jesus is teaching at all. In fact, he had a lot to say about money, and he didn't use a lot of it. People provided, but he didn't rely on it, like a lot of people do today. And so he has some wisdom here because he knows something about the core of the reality of the resources, the treasure we have. It will stir and guide our hearts. It moves us emotionally, and it stirs us toward potential transformation or even destruction in a way. And so he has some wisdom here. He says, look, don't store up for your, yourself treasures on earth. Jesus isn't saying don't buy stuff, okay? He isn't saying don't go grocery shopping. He isn't saying don't take care of your family. That's not at all what he's saying. This is about investments, right? Investments are something that you're investing in to have a return on. He's saying don't put all of your investments on earthly things. Why? Because there's the chance they could be stolen. There's the chance they're going to entropy. They're, they're just going to fade. They're going to break. They're going to... Don't put all your treasure there. Instead, invest in eternal things where things are safer, things of heaven, the things of God, the ways of God. You put your resources there. There's always going to be this tension of where do I put my investment? The reality is you have an investment to make. It's with your treasure, with your time, with your talents, you will make an investment. I will make an investment. It's not an option of we will or we won't. We will. And so in the choices that we make, Jesus is trying to challenge us. Invest wisely. Here's what he's ultimately saying. Don't store up treasure on earth, not because it's bad, but because it won't last. Don't store up all your treasure here because it's not because it's bad or it's, it's evil. It's because it won't last here. Here's just a couple verses from the Bible. Proverbs 23 says this, Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears. We will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. Can I get an amen? Have you ever felt that, right? I, like, I just got paid. Where to go? Oh, I don't know, right? You have that feeling. Psalm 49 says this, so don't be impressed with those who get rich and pile up fame and fortune. They cannot take it with them. Fame and fortune all get left behind. You and I can stockpile and store up all the treasure we want here on earth. And you know what happens when you die? It's still here. It's still here. It doesn't travel well. There's not a suitcase you can take with you because you didn't come into this world with anything. And you're not going to leave this world with anything. It's about relationships. It's about who you know. And that's what Jesus is still trying to drive home. This is about our heart. Instead, he says, you store up your treasures in heaven. You, you invest in the godly things. You invest in the ways and the realm of God where his influence and his impact can have a ripple effect for eternity 
long outliving you and outliving me. He says, invest there. Invest where there's no time limit, where there's no fading, where there's no theft, there's no rust, there's no entropy, there's no expiration date. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. You can invest it into the future generations. You can invest it into the rewards that we will get in heaven by being a good steward of what he's given us to manage here. That's the challenge. Now, if you're new to faith, I want you to hear this. Jesus is interested in helping you navigate your resources and your treasure better than you even want to be. So this isn't about, hey, write a check. Hey, give money. Okay, this is about what God wants for you. He wants for you to experience freedom. I know a lot of people who have a lot of money and have zero freedom. Right? I know a lot of people who don't have a lot of money and still experience freedom. And so our culture says freedom's found when you have more. And the reality is that's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily the way it is. Uh, Jim Elliott wrote this, uh, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain and what he cannot lose. Investing in God's ways, in his kingdom, in advancing people and seeing people's lives change. I got to think of just as a church, what are the things that we do? What have we done well as we invest in, in, in godly things and in his ways? Just randomly thinking through the food distributions and all the thousands of pounds of food we've been able to give out over the last just over a year. And the people we were able to help, uh, the, the young 71-year-old grandma that I helped uh, Saturday as uh, she walks out of her trailer. It's right over there by Hollinger. And all she comes out and says, uh, there's food. All I have left is one can of beans. And I said, not today. And we drove down there and we loaded her up with a box of food that's going to help her for the next week and a half until she gets paid. And, and it, we get to do that. We have the opportunity to do that. Our children and our youth, investing into them to have the retreats and the opportunities that they have, the, the care that they get here to say, hey, it's, we want to care about the future of you, not just knowing Jesus, but following Jesus with your life and the investments we put there, the Compassion Center and the church in Ecuador and the kids that we sponsor there. And every ounce of investment that that goes to, to move the kingdom forward. And if you've ever thought, if you have a compassion child that you're sponsoring, next week after service, we're having a meeting to talk about next June's trip to Ecuador. I'd love to hang out with you and talk with you about that. Uh, the group home that you guys got the sponsor that we said as we left Catalina, we wanted to do one bang. We had this little saying that we say around here, we want to do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. And so we got to sponsor this group home, and I'll talk more about that and give you a report on that to bless those 15 guys with new jackets and new clothes going into the fall uh, whenever it finally decides to cool down around here. Um, I think about benevolence and how we've been able to help people within our church. Think of all the investment we poured into the, the schools that we're partnered with from thousands of backpacks to the investment we've been able to make through all the serve days and every ounce of sweat and energy and, and money that you've invested into that. Think of the, the church and how we're able to make it relevant. And that we're not a church that's just trying to hang on. We're a church that's trying to reach the next generation and trying to reach the people in our city. And that takes resources to do that. It doesn't just happen. And you all have invested in that so well. We've been living this principle out. Jesus said, look, 
Store your treasures in heaven, where moth and rust can't destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Where your money goes, your heart will go. That's what Jesus is saying. Wherever your money goes, that's the treasure, and that's where your heart will go after. What you invest into, you tend to care about. True? What you give resources to, you tend to care about. It captures your attention. We invest in the things, uh, or I wrote this, so if we invest in the things of this world only and mostly, then our hearts will care about the things of this world mostly and only. If all of our investment is just about earthly things and just about stuff that we consume and use up, then we're not making an investment that will last. That's what Jesus said. It's not about these things being bad. It's about they won't last. So invest in eternal things. All throughout the scripture, there's this call for us to care about the things that are beyond us. There's a principle we've talked about in the past before when it comes to resources and financial things. And here's what we kind of said is throughout the Bible, you can kind of narrow it down to three words. That it's about give and save and live. It's about give, save, live. You give to God first and you save a little bit and you live on the rest. That's the pattern that you see in the teachings of the Bible throughout the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament. But our world teaches the opposite. Hey, you live like crazy, you save a tiny bit if you can, and then occasionally you give something away if you have it left over. And there's this tension that will always exist and you have to choose one way or the other. And so we're given this option. I know a lot of people who live the way of the world, live, save, give, who are not experiencing freedom. But I know almost everybody who lives with the principle of, I'm going to give to God first, I'm going to save some, and I'm going to live on the rest, I'm going to live within my means, who lives with a sense of freedom and ease and peace. That doesn't mean there's not challenges along the way, but when the Bible talks about tithing, that's what it's talking about, that pattern of you give to God first. That's just the first thing you do, and you figure that out with him, and you say, God, I'm going to honor you. I'm, I'm just a manager. I'm a steward anyway. I'm not the owner of this stuff. It's your stuff. God, your car's broken down again. Your car needs fixing. Um, and we, you work with God on these things, and you say, look, I, I'm, I'm doing my best to honor you. That's the book of Micah that you can read in the Old Testament where God says, test me on these things. It's the only place in the Bible where God says, test me on this. Trust me. If you'll honor me first, I promise I'll take care of you. Does that mean you're going to drive a Rolls Royce? Probably not. They're not cool anymore anyway. But this idea of I'm going to honor God first with that. I wrote this. Make a priority. A priority towards your resources. Give your temporal dollars to eternal investments first. Give your temporal dollars to eternal investments first. That you honor God with that. Uh, just some statistics from 2010 on our giving the charitable resources has gone up. But you think of the people who, who make between 100000 and 200000 they contribute on average 2.6% of their income. Okay, People who have an income under 100000 typically uh, give 3.6% of their income to charitable resources, okay? Above 200,000, it goes up from 2.6% to 3.1%. What does that tell you? Here's what it tells me. People live by a worldly rhythm. Live, save, give. And the biblical perspective is, hey, you give to God first, you save a little bit and you live on the rest. 
that that's the pattern you want to put in your life because it leads to freedom. The biblical standard of, of, of 10% honoring God with that, of just giving that back to him. Here's the truth. 90% of your income with God's blessing is far greater than 100% of your income without God's blessing. And so all throughout the scripture, there's this rhythm. Now, you can get hung up on percentages. Don't. The point is that you make a decision about honoring God first in your situation, where you're at. Because I know some people go, well, Jack, you have no idea. You just kind of backhandedly said we should give 10% to God's kingdom and his church. And that's crazy because there's no way I could do that. Okay, don't. Ta-da. Don't. Here's, here's the rhythm I would love for you to investigate and pray about. Um, it's this idea of if we want to build an eternal, um, an eternal investment portfolio, if we want to work on that, okay, then that means I have to make giving to God a priority. That's the first step. I've got to think about percentage. I, I don't want to be just a tipper of God. Hey, I got five bucks left in my pocket. Here you go, God. Um, well, hey, you gave your waitress more than that. Uh, so it's not this idea of I'm going to tip God leftovers. It's the idea that I'm, I'm going to just figure out where I'm at. I'm going to start making it a priority. I'm going to figure out a percentage, and then I'm going to progress in that. And I'm just going to make baby steps in it. Baby steps. What about Bob, anyone? It's a great movie. Okay. Um, but this idea that you take those steps in there, that you just make it a priority, and you say, God, um, I've never done this. And if you've never been a part of giving uh, to God's kingdom, whether it's to the church or to compassion or to other agencies, God always says, hey, church is first. That's kind of the home base. And then you figure other things out. We have a couple missionaries that we help support, but our first thing is here. We invest in Element City Church. That's what we do because we're trying to live this out. It's a priority for us. And so we're going to pick a percentage and we're going to start with that. And then we're going to make progress as we go throughout the years. God, here's where I'm at this year. And two years from now, here's where I can be. I can work on things and improving this to get to the place where I'm really saying with my money, because here's the truth, where your treasure goes, your heart goes. And so what the, what the Bible is teaching, what Jesus is saying here in this, in this passage is let your heart, let your wallet drive where your heart goes. That's really what Jesus is saying. You make a decision with what you're investing in. You can invest in the things of the earth. That's great. You have them. You need to live. It's okay. But don't let all of your investments just be temporal things because you're not going to be able to take it with you. And it all stays here. But what if you can invest in eternal things, things that make a difference, things that draw people closer to Jesus, that invite them into relationship with him, things that change people for the better, that invest in them. We have this mission. We want to be a church that's inviting people into a life-giving, life-changing relationship with Jesus. Everything we do is about them meeting Jesus and being changed in the process. And so we want people to see him and experience him. And so this principle of all these things uh, really matters. So that's the takeaway. So the challenge tonight is real simple. Um, I'm going to invite you to take out your phone. Now, I know right now I'm going to make a pitch. It's coming. 
right over the plate. You ready? Here it comes. I'm not hiding anything. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to challenge you to invest in something. Okay? So if you open up the Element City Church app, you'd see the home screen that has this. Now, for some of you who may have like a flip phone, and you're like, I've got a dumb phone. I don't, my phone doesn't do anything cool. That's okay. Jesus still loves you. Um, and we love you too. And there's going to be another way that you can be a partner in this, okay? But the challenging thing, real quickly, is you got to, a couple months ago, be uh, what we've affectionately tagged you as a hope mob, okay? Just a mob of people who are pouring hope into other people. And so a couple uh, weeks ago, we got to take these 15 teens from two different group homes here, shopping at Kohl's, and I'm going to plug Kohl's because they gave us an incredible deal, and they gave us so much Kohl's cash, we actually just went this last Monday and bought them all Christmas presents with free money. It was awesome. Um, and so they've got Christmas presents. We were able to get all new jackets and all new clothes for those kids who are from three or four different Latin countries who don't have a lot, hadn't been shopping for themselves in a long time. And so you got to be a part of investing in that and making that happen for those 15 kids. You gave two months ago. That's pretty sweet. You give yourself a hand. That's awesome. I know a few of you actually went shopping with us, and, and you could raise your hand if you went shopping with us to help those kids, a few of you, okay? So you could talk to some of those people afterwards if you want, just to hear the story of what it was like walking around with them. Um, but here's what we'd like to invite you to do. You can give right via the app, and I'm going to give you two plugs for it. Um, you could do your regular tithe giving. It's through what's going to be called general. Okay, that's just general tithe. That's where it goes. That's the investment of this church, making everything run, making everything go, and all the missions and things that we do. Okay? And there's another drop-down menu that's going to let you have an opportunity to be part of Hope Mob 2nd Edition. Okay, so here's what we're going to do tonight. So if you open up the app, you go to the bottom uh, right corner. It says Give. You just touch that, and we'll load to a white screen, which then says Give, and I think we have that, Hannah. The, yep. So that's what it's going to look like on your phone or iPad or whatever you want to do. Well, I'm going to encourage you to do this right now, but sometime in the next 24 hours. Like, if you don't like to do this right now, I don't care. You're not going to hurt my feelings. But sometime between 6 o'clock tomorrow night, I, I'm asking you to do this, okay? You can give for this Hope Mob just a dollar to $5. Don't give more, okay? So we're not trying to take all your money. We're just asking you to invest because here's what we have the opportunity to do. Uh, we have the opportunity to help uh, two single moms that we know that uh, really could use some help. And we've got a young family that has uh, a, little, a couple little kids that uh, both parents just lost their job. And we want to do something to bless them, surprise them uh, going into Christmas. And so these two single moms and this one uh, young family that we've said, hey, God, the best we know how we want to help. And so what we're asking you to do is partner with us in that. So you just type in, you say, hey, I want to give five bucks or I want to give a dollar, whatever it is, one time. And then you click and it's going to go to another screen. This is where you have to set up a little password. And uh, how many of you love passwords? They're awesome. Yay. Um, you just come up with your own password type thing. It'll take you about one minute to do it. You enter whatever card you want to put on there. And then it'll literally take you 30 seconds to give from that point on. Okay. So in the drop down menu, which I think is the next one. 
there's going to be two options down at the bottom of the screen that says general. Again, that's like general tithe giving if you want to give to Element City Church. This is called Hope Mob, and you can give $1 to $5 toward Hope Mob. Do it sometime tonight before 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Make sense? So that's the adventure we're going to go on. We're going to do that as a whole church. We'll talk about it again next week. And we're going to do something for these two single moms and to this, for this young family uh, to bless them going toward Christmas. Sound good? Everybody in? Give me a thumbs up if you're in. Sounds good. Okay. Then that's our opportunity. Now, if you have a dumb phone and you don't know how to do all this and you're just intimidated right now, that's fine. We, could, we put these green buckets on all the communion tables. Guess what you could put in there? One to five dollars. Okay, see, good. You're playing along. So you could do that tonight. You could do that next week as well. So make sense? Awesome. Uh, here's the final takeaway uh, I want to encourage you to do. Um, one final plug, just because i got to do this. We are looking, this, this app giving platform, we're going to be moving to our website as well. And the reason why is we want to be good stewards of the resources you're investing. And so this platform with the whole new app actually saves us a full, over a full percent on giving and actually saves us in transaction fees too. So by the end of January, we're going to make all that move. And if you give online, we'll talk you through all that stuff. But we just want to let, report back to you. We're trying to be good stewards of the resources God's given us and to honor that in that. So we'll be moving that way. Here's the takeaway. When giving to God is the first thing you do, we're telling our hearts what to care about. When you make giving to God the first thing you do, we're telling our heart what to care about. And Jesus is always mostly interested in your heart. The kingdom investments matter most. That's where your joy will compound and grow. We've heard about compounding interest, right? And this miracle of it, that you invest and it just kind of keeps growing exponentially. If you want to experience more joy in life, then it really starts with this idea of how do I honor God with my giving? Because I'm a steward, I'm a manager, I'm not the owner. And I want to give to the things of, of him and his influence and his impact that we can have in this world. So uh, we're going to move to a time of communion and closing up with worship song and just invite you that, the, you know, the greatest wealth that's ever been given was Jesus given for you and for me. That's what we celebrate in communion. And so if you're new, uh, we kind of do this and offer this opportunity every week. You don't have to participate. You're welcome to sit there and just think, reflect a little bit. But we've got community tables in the back and up front here, gluten-free crackers over here to my right, your left, and just invite you to kind of create some space for God to work. I, I know talking about the subject matter isn't necessarily something that you're like, wow, that's awesome. But it matters, friends. It really does. And if you want to grow in your faith, there is nothing, there's nothing that competes for our heart like our resources and our treasure. And Jesus said, I want to be the owner of your heart. I want to be the director of that. And so we have to wrestle with this from time to time. And we have to make decisions to say, God, I want to, the best I know how in the season I'm in right now, I want to honor you. So think of it as a priority. Pick a percentage and just start. And figure out what that looks like to take those steps. As we take communion, would you pray with me? Father, we remember, Jesus, that you don't just have words that talk about resources and talk about investments. That's important, and those are, those are good and necessary. But you backed up every one of your words 
with the action that proved that you loved us. As you went to the cross and backed up everything you ever said to say this is the best possible way to live life is through faith in you. And so we remember that. As we take communion, we remember your body broken on our behalf, your blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins, that we could follow you, have life with God, and experience the best possible way to live as we orient and navigate our lives to be more and more in tune with how you say is the best way to live. And so would you stir our hearts? Would you continue to help our church be a mob of hope? not just for these people we've targeted here that we want to invest in and surprise with your grace, but Father, for our whole city, would you raise up your church across our city? There are so many that need a better way to live. And Jesus, we know that's found in following you. And so as we take this communion, we remember your sacrifice and we pledge our allegiance to you again in a fresh and new way. Would you stir our hearts in this song as we worship you as we leave from this place tonight.